This is Curl Up with a Cat Tale, and I'm Gwen Cooper, the New York Times bestselling author of numerous cat-centric titles, including Homer's Odyssey, A Fearless Feline Tale, or How I Learned About Love and Life with a Blind Wonder Cat, Spray Anything, More True Tales of Homer and the Gang, and The Book of Possum, Head Bonks, Raspy Tongues, and 101 Reasons Why Cats Make Us So, So Happy. We're here to celebrate all things feline and to tell inspirational cat tales. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to an all new episode of Curl Up with a Cat Tail with Gwen Cooper. I am, of course, Gwen Cooper, and I, uh, I'm, I'm a little thrown. I, I had um, all kinds of stuff that I was going to talk about today. And just before I logged on to start recording this, um, Facebook reminded me that today, today, uh, the day that I am recording this, which may or may not be the day that you get to listen to it, but August today, Monday, August 21st, 2023, is uh, the 10-year anniversary of Homer's passing. Um, Homer passed away 10 years ago today. Um, How did I not remember that? You know, they say the time heals all wounds and and anyone who who has experienced true grief and i think that's probably everybody listening to this one way or another um but if if you've ever lost someone you loved dearly you know that the time really is the the only healer it it and it is a blessing um that as time goes by the the vividness of the pain leaves you hopefully although every so often it it returns just blindingly and and out of nowhere um you know i was not yet 16 years old when i lost my grandmother and there are still and i'm in my 50s now and there are still moments where i wake up crying for her um you know i wake up in the morning just and and it's as fresh as it was the the loss you know nearly 40 years ago um and I, you know, and, and, but then, then there's the, the, the different, the, 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 a sort of different kind of, of, of feeling of being overwhelmed where you almost hate the fact that the time has done so much to heal the wound because you feel like it, it has like, like, like the pain of it is yours almost like it's taken something from you. I, I'm not saying this very well. I'm, I'm thinking this through as I am recording this podcast, but I am so angry at myself for having forgotten what today is and, and to have for, forgotten this 10 year anniversary um and i you know it's i uh, nine years ago when it, when it was the first anniversary back in 2014 and obviously the the pain and the grief they were much much fresher and there is just no way that i would have forgotten and really it was many years before i felt like it was not a day that i specifically remembered and and where something needed to be done to mark it or to note it um and and here I am, and it's 10 years later, and I forgot. And it's not so much that I think I'm a terrible person for having forgotten, um, so much as that I'm I'm almost angry. <laughs> I'm I'm or I, I'm I'm angry at myself for having healed. I'm angry at the healing process 
basically. Um, because I don't want to forget. I don't want to forget. I I don't want to be in, in the fresh pain of grief every day, but I don't want to forget to remember things. You know, I don't want to forget to remember anniversaries. I don't want to forget to remember why Homer was as special as he was, why he meant as much as he did to me. I definitely don't want to forget to remember that last day that I had with him, which was 10 years ago today. Um, you know, time is a healer, but time is also a thief, right? Time is also a pickpocket. Time also takes things from you that you would rather keep. And, and sometimes it is big things like your youth or your, uh, <laughs> your, your, your trim little figure that you didn't have to work so hard to try to maintain as opposed to where you find yourself in your 50s where you are working your ass off figuratively without actually being able to work your ass off literally. Um, by which I mean to say that you are working much harder to get, <laughs> to get much more disappointing results for your efforts. Um, and and yeah, it, it definitely works both ways. And and here I am babbling, trying to to figure out what to say next. Again, I apologize that you have to to listen to the process of my thinking this through. Um, but I I do want to say that I I do not want to let this pass um, w- without some kind of acknowledgement. I mean, this sort so this sort of ties into something that I did want to talk about today. Um, let me back up and say that I, I had a good weekend. Uh, for those of you who are longtime listeners who've been following the podcast or following me on social media, then you know that I've been working through some back issues over the last few months. Um, this weekend, and, and I've been working hard with physical therapy and and going to my chiropractor and working really hard on on strengthening my core, not in a way that that like is making me look any better in bathing suits or anything, but just to strengthen those muscles so that I get better lower back support. And I am pleased and proud to be able to say that this weekend, for the first time, I mean, since like May, um, I was able to stand to stand for more than 10 to 15 consecutive minutes at a time. I was able to stand and walk around just like a regular person. And Saturday was a beautiful day. And so Lawrence and I went to the museum. We went to the Metropolitan Museum of Art here. in Well, not here. I live in Jersey City now, but in Manhattan, not too far from here. And then we just walked around the city all afternoon. It was a really, really beautiful day on Saturday. Uh, and and I, I was very, I felt very, very pleased with myself that, that I was able to walk. And then we came home and I cooked dinner. And not that I love cooking, although I do love baking. And I really haven't been able to cook or bake um, because, again, it, it's just been very difficult for me to just stand, just to be able to stand uh, long enough to to prepare things or or mix things. And so it was a real a really great step forward. Uh, but, you know, of course, I was left with this somewhat guilty feeling because while it was a beautiful, beautiful day here where I was in, in so much of the world, that is simply not the case. I mean, there, there was something almost sinful feeling uh, about enjoying a, a beautiful weather when so much of the world is flooded 
or on fire or coping with the after effects of having been on fire. Uh, it, 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 it was almost like this kind of surreal feeling. I, I understand that New York's beautiful day did not come at the expense of anybody else's terrible day or, or, you know, was not the cause of, um, you know, I, I don't get into politics very often, really at all, actually on this show. And, and this is not a, a forum for politics. This is where we gather to talk about cats. But I will say that no matter what your – we can all have different opinions as to what the best solution for the problem would be. But I think it's very hard to deny that we are experiencing profound climate change. And I am old enough to remember – and I say that I'm old enough and, and honestly, what it was – very different even as recently as 10 years ago. But I really do remember a time when you had a major disaster somewhere in the world, maybe once every couple of years and and not so many different disasters happening simultaneously all the time, every year. And it, it's something, you know, when I think about it, I mean, it's not even as hot yet as they are saying it's, it's going to get. And I, I, it, it, it causes me a great deal of anguish to, to think about the profound human and animal suffering that we are all going to live through, that we are either going to experience directly or have to witness others going through. And, you know, I, I was sitting here thinking on Saturday, first of all, if, if I were any of the people in Maui, I'd be really upset about this hurricane about to hit California because they don't even get a week of of being the the main sole attraction disaster here in the states warranting our attention before a series of floods, mudslides and apparently an earthquake which in fairness has nothing to do with climate change as far as i know um hits southern california um the this ties into by the way this does tie into a few things i wanted to talk about today um but certainly ties into remembering that today's the 10 year anniversary of homer's passing um because i am going to donate 100% of all book and merchandise sales from this week for the next 7 days from from now all the way through sunday um the 27th august 27th to Maui, to the Maui Humane Society, unless there is a situation in California where the needs are great enough where it justifies splitting the proceeds between those two causes. And if that is the case, I will certainly keep you posted. But that goes for every book. Um, keep in mind that I do earn more from copies that are sold of like of my self-published books than from my traditionally published books. You should absolutely buy copies of Homer's Odyssey if you want to. Um, but again, you know, just just so you know, so you understand where your money is going, I earn around a dollar per copy of copies of Homer's Honesty that sell, as opposed to four or five dollars per copy of my self-published books. Um, so if you are going to make a purchasing decision based on this information, based on the donation, just so you have total transparency as to how much money I have and where your money is going. 
Uh, but you know, the, the thing that strikes me is that there was a time, and, and I've been doing this for a while now, I've been doing fundraisers of one kind or another to respond. I've, I've always been very, very proud of the way that Homer's heroes have been able to respond to both natural and man-made disasters, um, both national and international. And, and I have always said when people have asked me, you know, it's it, it's kind of like when you raise money to for animal welfare and people ask why you're helping animals instead of people. And I always say that when you help animals, you do help people. And especially in times of crisis or disaster, um, people are in need. People, families with pets are in need and, and they are families. And I understand that I'm preaching to the choir here, so I'm not going to belabor a point that I've made many times before. Um, but I've also been asked at times, you know, and, and I think this is more like like reporters playing devil's advocate because it's it's mostly by members of the press that I've been asked this. But why should your American readers, your American followers be raising money to help animals affected by a tsunami in Japan or political unrest in Egypt or whatever the case may be? And I always say that that animals are, are not citizens of countries. They are citizens of our hearts, and our hearts have no borders. Uh, but I find myself now raising money for for Maui, uh, potentially for Southern California, almost by default because I am here, and this is what the press is covering. But of course, America is not the only country in trouble right now, as as far as as ecological disasters go, there are so many parts of the world that are burning, including our neighbors to the north in, in Canada. Um, I, I, you know, sometimes, I, and I think of myself as a problem solver. I'm the kind of person that in, in a crisis or a bad, you know, I'm, I'm always thinking of what can be done to fix something, what can be done to help. Um, I, I'm very much a light a candle rather than curse the darkness kind of a person. And it makes me sometimes a little bossy <laughs> or a little pushy. Um, but and and it's not even I, I mean, I do have a philosophy when it comes to these things, but a lot of this is is just my my personality. I'm a go, go, go kind of person. I, I get impatient with a lot of hand wringing or criticizing of people who are trying to do things like like lead, follow, get out of the way is sort of my philosophy. And I, by the way, am always happy to follow a leader who has a clearer vision and a better understanding of what needs to be done than I could have. Um, 100% happy to do so. And actually, one thing that I have really enjoyed about the position that I have occupied since Homer's Odyssey was published is that I am able to support through fundraising and and kind of shining a spotlight on things, people and organizations who know much better than I do what the needs are, what needs to be done. All, all they need is for me to help provide some of the resources that they need to do what they already know they need to do. And the the point that I'm making is, you know, that I find myself in the unusual position of feeling almost paralyzed. I, I don't know kind of who I should be helping or where the needs are greatest or or where the the dollars that I would ask you to donate are going to go the farthest. Um, certainly anybody listening to this should make a donation in whatever direction they feel moved to do so. Um, there is nothing wrong about helping people in Canada or or Greece or, you know, animals in Canada or Greece 
versus helping people and animals here in the United States. And and I understand when I say here in the United States, I'm speaking for myself and not for many of you who listen abroad. Um, but, you know, I, I mean, and I guess that this is like, this is where it's coming back to, to haunt me a bit that I have never considered myself to be a person who just advocates for American animals. Um, and, and I, like I said, I've always been incredibly proud of, of Homer's community, that we are a global community and that we, we help where the need is. We, we help out in Alabama and we help out in Afghanistan. And, you know, but I find myself almost feeling paralyzed. I don't, I, I don't quite know what to do. I, I don't know where to, to direct you or to even direct myself too, at this point. You know, part of the problem too is, I mean, not a problem, but there are so many rescue organizations that I've worked with or made donations to over the years. So I'm on a a bunch of mailing lists. Um, So my my email box is just constantly being filled with with requests for help in directions that I didn't even realize help was needed. Uh, There's a a donkey and cat rescue in Corfu. that I was able to to visit briefly when I was in Corfu and to whom I, I donate money. And I did not even realize I, I was aware that, that there were terrible, terrible fires, wildfires in, in Greece this summer. And I knew that they had affected Athens and, and some of the islands. I did not realize that Corfu was one of the places um, that had experienced wildfires or that the needs of this rescue would be as great as they are right now. And, you know, and, and this is, I, I'm still very much in touch with a cobble small animal rescue and hearing from them on a regular basis. And I, I mean, not, you know, again, I'm, and I'm sorry, I'm, my, my thoughts are a little bit scattered today. Of course, those of you listening should, like I said, I, when I say feel free, obviously you can do whatever you want. You don't need me to tell you that, but you know, there there is no better or worse disaster to support. There are no more or less deserving animals or or people who who care for animals in need of your support. You should absolutely, if you are inclined to give, give wherever you feel is appropriate. But you know, th- this on the one hand, uh, it's this week. I mean, today. This this is this is the anniversary, the the ten year anniversary of Homer's passing. And I, it is so much in keeping with the spirit of everything that Homer stood for that, that even his death should be an opportunity for life. That it, that things that are done to honor his passing should be done to support animals who are still alive and still in need of, of help. And I mean, it is absolutely the, the ethos, not, not just of what Homer stood for, what his community stood for. And I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I want to start make make this week a fundraising week that is going to mean something and that is going to do the greatest possible good that it, that is going to really celebrate Homer's life the way that it deserves to be celebrated or, or to the greatest extent that I possibly can. And I honestly, I'm sitting here, I, I feel really paralyzed. Like while I'm talking to you, I'm also imagining myself at the point where I finished recording this podcast and begin publicizing a a fundraising effort based on books, merchandise, other, you know, I'm going to try to think of some other things. I have some other creative ideas. 
I I just honestly don't know. I'm I'm at somewhat of a loss as as to for who you know for which organizations benefit I should be doing this at this point. I I am still inclined, I, I guess, toward Maui just because of, of everything that that I have seen that I am seeing right now. The the needs there are are just unimaginable. Um, I mean, just so many people who really ha- and, and animals who have completely lost everything. And I know that that the animal rescue organizations and that Maui Humane right now is is overwhelmed and desperately in need of assistance. Um, having said that, though, I'm also I'm continually humbled by the the vast resource of, of knowledge and wisdom and compassion that that comes from you guys that comes from my listeners from my audience from my readers certainly from my patrons on patreon um so many of you really do correct me when i go astray um you argue with me when i say things you don't agree with you you correct me when I am misinformed or if I have accidentally spread any misinformation. You offer insights that I would not necessarily have. So I am really going to encourage those of you listening, um, if you feel that there are that there is something another disaster that we should be responding to or something of longer standing that we should not be forgetting about, um, please, please do chime in. I really do want to hear what you have to say about that. Uh, but in the meantime, please do know that that anything of mine, if you buy anything this week that has my name on it, or that I sell, or that I cause to be sold, anything that I make any money from at all, um, that money is going to go to to support animals in crisis right now. I am also going to be raffling off an autographed facsimile copy of the original rough draft of Homer's Odyssey with my editor's handwritten notes. Um, those of you who are part of my Patreon community, depending on your level of support, some of you have your own facsimile copies. There are very, very few number of these copies in existence, fewer than 30 at this point. Um, I'm very sparing with how many copies I make of this because really I don't want it to be devalued. I still want this to be something special. Um, it's a couple of years now. I think it's about two years since I've offered any copies, whether for sale or raffle, to the general public. Um, but I'm going to be raffling off one and only one copy. And this is the original, my, my first draft of Homer's Odyssey. There are differences. Uh, those of you who, the, the small number of you who have seen it can attest to that, that there are definitely differences between the first draft and the final draft. And so this is the my first draft with my editor's handwritten notes on the pages. Um, So you can see the beginnings of the conversation that she and I had that ended up shaping the the book that Homer's Odyssey ultimately became. It is $5 per entry, and each entry counts as one chance to win. So if you enter, if you, you know, buy five entries, 
you have five opportunities to win. You are five times as likely to win as you will be if you only buy a single entry. Um, Ultimately, what your odds of winning are per entry is going to depend on how many people enter. So I cannot really tell you that right now. But it's $5 per entry. And if you want to enter, um, you can email me at gwen at gwencooper.com. But the best way to enter is to PayPal um, me at gwen at gwencooper.com. $5 per entry that you would like to purchase. I will, of course email you upon receiving your purchase to confirm that I have received it. I feel like I may not be explaining this as well as I would like to, but basically it's $5 per entry. You can PayPal me if you don't want to pay via PayPal, if you just don't use PayPal or you don't like it or whatever the case may be. Um, send me an email at gwen at gwencooper.com. I can send you an invoice through my secure payment network and you can use uh, with a click to pay button and you can use just a regular credit card to pay rather than paying via PayPal. Um, and yeah, and we will hold the drawing, let's say, on Friday. Today is Monday when I'm recording this. So we will hold the drawing on Friday. And again, this is for a single copy of the handwritten manuscript for, I'm, I'm sorry, the first draft of Homer's Odyssey with my editor's handwritten notes. It is not a handwritten manuscript. The first, the first original first draft of Homer's Odyssey with my editor's handwritten notes. Um, and I will also try to find something fun, like a tote bag maybe, or something in the merch store to include with that. So please, like I said, GwenaGwenCooper.com. Um, enter early, enter often. 100% of the proceeds are going to go to charity. Um, my inclination right now is Maui Humane, but we will see how things progress in Southern California and elsewhere in the world to see if it makes sense to to perhaps divide up the proceeds between two or three organizations. Um, of course, that also depends on how much is raised. If, you know, it only raises $200, it probably doesn't make much sense to divide that up um, among several groups. You know, it's so funny because I, I recently was retyping Homer's Odyssey from scratch. And and this is something I've discussed in previous podcasts, so I'm, I'm not going to belabor this point either. Uh, but those of you who listen every week know that I recently retyped Homer's Odyssey in its entirety um, in order to create a new manuscript for the British edition. And it is exactly the same, except for the afterword is, is slightly different to reflect the fact that I'm writing it now as opposed to when I first wrote the afterword for the paperback edition of Homer's Odyssey back in 2010. Uh, but the the bulk of the book, you know, 99% of the book is exactly the same. I did not make any changes, although it was incredibly tempting to do so. And I was having a conversation with somebody about this recently. You know, how do you know when a book is done? How do you know when a manuscript is done? And I honestly don't know if there's an answer to that question, um, because I can tell you for for all of of the time and the effort and, and my editor at the time, who was a wonderful, wonderful editor, uh, Caitlin Alexander, and she was really passionate about the book and about cats and about Homer. And we really went over, I mean, very, it was a very close editing process. And we went uh, over every word. Um, by the time the book was published, it was there, it was certainly, it, it was not done on, on, there was nothing in the book that was done on a lark or on the fly. It was very meticulously written and edited book. And yet, 
in retyping it now, I it's so funny. I feel like there there's so many things that I would change. And I don't mean big structural things. Uh, there's nothing really that's in there that I would take out. Um, nothing that I left out that I would put in, but just so many places where I would tighten up a sentence or or swap out one adjective for another adjective or some paragraphs that I, you know, I'm looking back and I'm like, did I really write paragraphs this long? Shouldn't shouldn't maybe this be broken into two paragraphs? And they're they're really you, you could sort of finesse and play around with things forever. Although, you know, I am also mindful of the fact that that big picture um you know, I, I guess I ultimately set out what I wanted to, to, or I ultimately did what I set out to do, which was to prove that that there were worthwhile stories to be told about people and their relationships with their cats. And that might seem really self-evident, and, and certainly there are any number of books that have been published on the subject, but it still, I, I feel, is a really underrepresented category of book, uh, specifically the memoir about a person in their relationship with their cat. I feel like it's still kind of looked on sort of askance, especially when it's a woman writing about it. You know, there have been in the last few years some wonderful and and justifiably celebrated stories about people and cats, but I feel that more and more what at least the publishing industry is really gravitating toward is men with cats whose cats have large social media followings writing about their relationship with their cats. And again, I begrudge nobody with a cat and a story to tell. They're telling the the opportunity to tell that story. But there does still, to me, seem to be kind of a stigma about women writing about their cats. Um, Like there's something inherently, I don't know, it's just treated differently and and it's still sort of looked upon differently. I I don't know if I made a difference for other women with stories like mine to tell or or you know other women writers with stories to tell about their cats. I I suspect that I probably did not. I I don't know that anything really has changed that much in the landscape. And I think if anything it, it has changed. I think what's really ultimately changed is that there's more of a sense, at least within the publishing industry, that you need to have a cat with a large social media following before you have a story worth telling or a book worth publishing, which I absolutely do not think is the case. So uh, maybe some other woman will come along, hopefully sooner than later, and and kick that door wide open. Because I, for one, would love to see and be able to read and share more of these stories. And and again, I apologize. I really feel like today's episode has kind of been all over the place. Um, and so the the big takeaways that that I would like to leave you with before I I sign off are thank you for being a part of this community that keeps Homer's memory alive. Uh, please look. You don't have to buy a raffle ticket, right? You don't have to go with one of my gimmicks. You don't have to buy one of my books. You don't have to buy a piece of merch with Homer's picture on it. You don't have to to buy a raffle ticket for a shot at winning the 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 first draft of Homer's Odyssey with my editor's notes. I I would love it. I and and I'm going to to hector you a little bit. I I would love it though, if in Homer's memory you don't have to do it in his name. Do it in the name of of any person or animal that that means something to you, but please do, um, for Homer's sake, let's say, 
make a donation someplace today, um, some some organization that you believe in that saves lives. And selfishly, I am asking you to do that because supporting organizations that 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 save lives and that celebrate lives is how I invest Homer's life and his death with meaning. And arguably, nobody needs to donate money anywhere, and I don't really actually need to do anything to invest Homer's life with meaning. Homer's life had a meaning, I think, that stands on its own and and does not need me to or or anybody to legitimize it. Um, but I'll I'll tell you, I as as I'm in my fifties now, and maybe you know some questions in life have no answers. I I don't know what the point of of having to say so many goodbyes over the course of our lives is i i don't know i i'm sure somebody wiser than i am could tell me the the good that it brings the good that it does i don't really know what that is but at least you know i i have tried to transmute homer's passing into life for others and so selfishly i i ask you to to give for that reason and and for that cause but again you don't have to do it for me you could do it for for any reason you want um but i definitely encourage you to do so and on that note and rather than subjecting you to yet more of my meandering thoughts and generally witless prattling this week i'm going to sign off for now thanks for bearing with me this week i i do promise that next week's episode will be better. So please do come back for it and give your cats a great big hug today. Thanks so much. And that concludes this episode of Curl Up with a Cat Tail with Gwen Cooper. Don't forget to invite your feline loving friends to listen to new episodes along with you. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, find out how to get your name and your cat's name included in my next book, or leave comments or questions for me to answer in future podcasts, head on over to GwenCooper.com now. Thanks so much for joining me, and don't forget to hug your cat today.